Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Corora Resources Third Quarter 2020 Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I will now like to hand the conference over to Mr. Paul Hewitt, Chairman and CEO of Corora Resources. Sir, you may begin. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and welcome to the Corora Resources third quarter conference call. In addition to me, speaking on today's call will be other members of the Corora Executive Management Team. Graham Sloan, Managing Director of our Australian Operations. Barry Dahl, Chief Financial Officer and Oliver Turner, Senior Vice President of Corporate Development and Investors Relations. This morning, we issued a news release outlining another strong performance in the third quarter of 2020. Our MD&A and financial statements for the period ended September 30th, 2020 have been filed, all of which are available on the Corora website at www.cororaresources.com. Dot com, or under Corora's profile on CDAR at CDAR.ca. Before I begin the presentation, I would like to remind you to please review our cautionary statements regarding forward-looking information and non-IFRS measures, which can be found in our management discussion and analysis, news release, and in our presentation slide. Truthfully, I'm thrilled with the results from the third quarter of 2020 as we continue to meet or exceed our production and cost targets while achieving numerous corporate objectives, positioning Corora for an exciting future as a growing gold, as a growing gold producer. Today, we have a massive land pass, pass, sorry. Today, we have a massive land position with over 1,800 square kilometers in one of the most prolific gold regions in the world, and we are making the necessary investments to systematically complete the technical work necessary to convert the enormous potential in Western Australia into growth that will continue to drive increased shareholder value. In September, we announced a substantial investment to aggressively increase our drilling across Western Australia with a 50% increase to our budget for a new total of $15 million Australian. I just want to remind investors that we had several months of lost drilling during the second and third quarter. This was a result of our strict and successful COVID-19 precautions at all our sites. But since restarting drilling and expanding our budget, we have been aggressively trying to catch up with drilling that should have been completed earlier in the year 
and put towards our resource and reserve updates. With the shortage of available drills and actually highly skilled people in Western Australia due to state border closures, completing this work has been extremely challenging and I'm very proud of our operations team for successfully getting it done despite the challenges we face and overcome yet one more time. There's absolutely no doubt that our decision to increase our drilling investment is already paying off with three new discoveries at our beta hunt. And I'm looking forward to providing the market with more drilling updates as information becomes available. Graham will discuss these three new discoveries in more detail during his presentation. But just imagine, we've had two new gold discoveries and one new nickel discovery in such a short period, and that's all since we've renegotiated the royalty at Beta Hunt, and it's been all hands on deck on the drilling and mining since we've accomplished that. All this new drilling and the new discoveries will be included in our new updated resource and reserve statement that we're expecting to get out by the end of the year. Our reserve and resource update later in this year will be followed by important details of our exciting organic growth outlook and our plans to take Corora to the next level by fully leveraging our enviable pipeline of opportunities. We expect to provide this new plan in the first quarter of 2021. Rest assured, after delivering five extremely strong consecutive quarters of gold production, reducing our costs, and maintaining an excellent safety track record, we're not going to take our foot off the gas at this time. We have growth in our sites, and we will be excited to share it with our shareholders once our work is complete. You know, in short, I really believe that the best is yet to come for us and our shareholders. When I turn and look into the third quarter, gold production was, was right around 25,000 ounces, and our downward trend on ASIC continued, dropping to 1,044 US dollars per ounce, which is a $21 per ounce lower compared to the second quarter, despite a strengthening Australian dollar during the quarter, which added $84 per ounce to our cost. This is our fifth consecutive quarter of reducing ASIC. It is a result of our strategy to focus on the cost reduction initiatives centered around those inputs that we have control over, such as the royalties, the vendors, uh, the productivity rates, getting the right people. Those are just to name a few. It is even more impressive when you consider the pressures from the natural disasters we face, the additional COVID-19 costs, and just as I mentioned before here, the strong Australian dollar. Personally, I see this as a huge milestone for us and our shareholders. If we remove the impact from the foreign exchange currency that we can't control, our ASIC would have been about $960 an ounce. That means our plan is working. Today, we remain well positioned to achieve our 2020 guidance of 90 to 95,000 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost range of 1,050 to 1,200 ounces. We already produce 74,000 ounces year to date, 
Our all-in sustaining cost average year-to-date is 1,071. While we currently do not expect any disruptions, our, our guidance for 2020 continues to assume that there's no significant interruption in operations as a result of COVID-19. This is where I like to remind people, this is our first year of full production, owning our first mill ever. This is certainly an operational successful transformation. There's no doubt in our first year. Barry will discuss the financial results in detail, but before he does, I do wanna comment on our healthy cash position. For those of you that have been watching, you will have noticed our quarter over quarter cash position increased by over 17 million to 63.3 million at the end of Q3. Sorry, 67.3, I apologize, I transposed the number. Uh, which was our first quarter with full exposure to market gold prices. Every other quarter we had hedges in place. They are all rolled off now, giving us complete exposure to the metal prices. <clears throat> With three strong quarters behind us in 2020, I'm certainly excited about finishing the maiden year with a strong fourth quarter. I'm looking forward to keeping the market updated on our progress as we continue to deliver on our goals to grow the company. At this point, I'll turn the call over to Graham, who will provide additional information on our operationals performance. Graham? Yeah, thank you, Paul. Um, I'm pleased to report we have achieved another positive quarter for Cora. As always, our first and foremost priority remains the health and safety of our personnel. And as outlined last quarter, we've now added a group occupational health and safety manager to the team to further spearhead our effort in this area. Our COVID management systems continue to serve us well and employee morale remains high. Over to slide six. On a consolidated basis, Tons Mills totaled 354,000 or just under 25,000 ounces of gold, an increase of 9% and 3% respectively when compared to quarter two. The Higginsville Mill continues to operate at full capacity. However, the addition of Spargos into the mix sometime in the first half of next year will make prioritising mill feed to achieve optimum recoveries and gold production even more important. To help manage this and our exploration activities, we have divided our operating region into four main centres, these being Higginsville Central, which include projects within a 10 kilometre radius of the mill. Higginsville Greater, which covers all remaining projects and deposits outside Central, and Beta Hunt, and then Spargos. Further details will be provided on this following the updated resource and reserve estimate due out later this year. At Higginsville, a total of 163,000 tonnes were milled for just over 9,000 ounces. This is a 27% increase on quarter two and was the result of higher mill throughputs and a 9% increase in grade. Production was sourced from two open pits with a third to be brought online in early quarter four. ROM stocks are at healthy levels 
and will be targeted to remain so as a risk mitigation against potential second wave of COVID or adverse weather events which are normal for this time of the year. Moving to slide seven, at Beta Hunt, total tonnes milled increased 3% from quarter two to 191,000 tonnes, with gold production of 15,500 ounces at an average mill grade of 2.75. Mine production was just shy of 200,000 tonnes, or 16% higher than the previous quarter, mostly due to a continuation of improved operating practices and the addition of new equipment into the mining fleet. Production continued to be sourced from Western Flanks and A-Zone. Earlier this month, we announced a new coarse gold discovery of approximately 2,000 ounces, not far from where the 2018 Father's Day vein was located. These discoveries are always welcome news and in this case also provided further support of our coarse gold model, which we are now looking to apply to other areas in the mine. On to slide eight. With the exploration budget increasing to 15 million, drilling has been significantly ramped up across all Colorado centres and will continue at these levels throughout quarter four. We now have six drill rigs active across Higginsville, Beta Hunt and Spargos. At Higginsville Central, drilling primarily focused on open pit targets, including near surface mineralisation at Aquarius. This drilling delivered a number of encouraging results, which could drive the development of a starter pit and offer an economic pathway into the Aquarius high-grade underground resource. A high-density gravity survey was undertaken over a 400-square-kilometre area in eastern region of Higginsville Greater. The survey covers part of the highly prospective Zalika and Boulder Lafroy shear zones, that host, that host Goldfield St. Ives operations that have produced in excess of 14 million ounces of gold since 1980. Preliminary results from the gravity survey identified several high quality targets, some of which will be drilled during quarter four. We look forward to providing updates as results become available. On to slide nine, at Beta Hunt, Drilling was mainly focused on upgrading and extending the northern margin of western flanks and testing nickel trough targets south of the Alpha Island Fault. The results of this drilling was a successful discovery of the Larkin Gold Zone and the 30C nickel trough, the first new nickel discovery at Beta Hunt in over 13 years. Slide 10. Hot on the heels of acquiring the Spargos project, we immediately commenced drilling around the historic Spargos Reward Mine. While this was happening, we successfully negotiated the acquisition and elimination of the 3% gold royalty covering the Spargos tenement. If all goes well, we could be mining Spargos as early as quarter two, 2021. So overall, another good quarter and hopefully more to come, especially with production and costs trending in the right direction and the six drills turning as we speak. I'll now turn over to Barry Dahl. Thank you, Graham. I'll provide a few financial highlights from the quarter. Turning to slide 12, Q3 revenue was $59.4 million, 
up 3.3 million compared to Q2. The revenue increase was primarily driven by an 18% higher realized gold price compared to Q2, and ounces sold were slightly lower due to the timing of sales. In Q3, operating earnings were $49.2 million, up 36.3 million compared to Q2. The operating earnings increase was primarily due to an impairment reversal in respect of our beta hunt mine of 36.1 million, which constituted a full impairment reversal based on higher consensus gold prices and improved operating performance. The after-tax amount of the impairment reversal was 25.3 million, based on an Australian tax rate of 30%. In Q3, cash operating costs were 972 US dollars, and ASIC costs were 1,044 US dollars per ounce sold. Cash costs and ASIC costs converted from the Australian dollar functional currency and presented in US dollars were negatively impacted in Q3, as the US dollar weakened by approximately 8% against the Australian dollar as compared to Q2. The change in foreign exchange rates negatively impacted US dollar presentation of cash operating costs and all-in sustaining costs for Q3 by approximately $78 per ounce and $84 per ounce US respectively. Our trend of ASIC reductions continued in Q3 due to lower royalties and improved productivity, even with the FX effect. In Q3, net earnings were 34.9 million, an increase of 25 million from Q2, and adjusted EBITDA was 23.1 million, an increase of 5.7 million. We finished Q3 with a stronger balance sheet, including a cash balance of $67.3 million, an increase of $17.1 million compared to Q2. Working capital was $43.7 million. I will now turn the call over to Oliver. Thanks, Barry, and hello, everyone. The third quarter was a very busy one for Corora for as we participated in several virtual conferences and many virtual investor roadshows across both North America and Europe. On the back of this, we continue to add top-tier institutions to our shareholder registry and build a strong institutional base for the next phase of Corora's growth. Looking forward to the remainder of the year, we have several virtual conferences lined up as well as additional marketing roadshows. While we are certainly all ready to get back on the road to market the story once conditions improve, the unparalleled number of virtual investor meetings and calls we have been able to hold this year has directly translated into the strong registry we are proud to have today. On the corporate front, our decision to complete the 4.5 to 1 share consolidation, which took effect on July 31st, has resulted in more than a doubling of our daily dollar value traded as more institutions have been able to participate in our story and have driven increased liquidity in the markets. Moving forward, we are looking forward to updating the market on continued drilling results across our properties now that our pace of drilling has significantly increased. We are also very excited to announce our upcoming reserve and resource update, which will include the maiden resource and reserve estimate under Corora's ownership at both Higginsville and Spargos. Moving into early 2021, we'll then outline our organic growth profile, which we have been working diligently on despite the challenges associated with drilling at site over the course of this year. We have also recommenced study work on ore sorters, which showed promise in early stage test work prior to the state border closures and shutdowns associated with the COVID-19 pandemic in Australia. 
These state border closures prevented additional test work from being completed. However, the recent reopening of some hard borders in Australia has allowed this test work to resume, and we will update the market on any decisions we make in early 2021. And with that, I'll turn the call back over to Paul. Thanks, Oliver. Um, I just want to thank everyone for joining us today and taking the time out of your day to listen into our call. Uh, we're going to turn it over to the operator for some questions here now. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Derek McPherson with Red Cloud Securities. Good morning, guys, and thank you for uh, thank you for doing this call. And congratulations on what was a, a solid quarter. Just on uh, looking out at the, some of the expiration and work that you've done, um, obviously you guys uh, talks uh, materially expanded the drill program in Q4. Um, at, at Beta Hunt, um, can you talk about specifically which areas you're you're focused on and 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 what you're hoping to accomplish with that with that program? Yeah, thanks, Derek. This is Paul. I'll take that one. Um, look, since we renegotiated that royalty at, at um, Beta Hunt, we've been drilling really hard here, and and we we've been very successful with those three new discoveries. We absolutely need to follow up on those areas. The Larkin zones, for example, is south of uh, the Island Fault here. If we can get below that Alpha Island Fault, the grade in the Larkin zone appears to be almost double, almost double what we're presently mining for average grade here now. I'm talking about average grade. So we will certainly be following up in the Larkin zone. We've only drilled above our heads. And, and as a reminder, we're we're taking advantage of these drifts that have been in that have been put there over 20 years ago. We found this Larkin zone as a result of channel sampling a drill uh, drift. We drilled above our heads. We hit a massive gold thing uh, below our feet. We don't know what's there yet, so we're certainly going to be following up there. We are going to be following up on the new discovery of the western flank extension. Absolutely following up there. And these nickel troughs that we're discovering, they have the potential to really help us reduce our all-in sustaining cost here. So certainly you're going to see some follow-up drilling on the two new gold discoveries. Uh, they're brand new. And with the um, nickel discoveries, I think there's more to come from the nickel from what we've already seen. So that'll be where we're going to be focusing on beta hunt here. And we talked about uh, the, the coarse gold area. We're going to try to put drill holes in that geologic formation area as well. So that's our focus for Beta Hunt. Okay, thanks. And then uh, just my, my second question relates to, to COVID. Uh, obviously, this is impacting operations, and you guys are managing very well. Uh, I know um, in Q2, there was an impact from it seems like 100 years ago, the forest fires uh, that were in uh, in Australia. Um, the looking at Q3, did you see any? Is there any impact on the financials on on inventory build? And then also, um, what do you think the impact was of COVID um, in uh, in Q4 or in Q3? Sorry, cost yeah, on so, a per ounce basis. Yeah, so we we have a total number that we're carrying 
Uh, it's close to about $1.2 million right now in costs that we're seeing that are direct and indirect costs that we're capturing, and that's about a year-to-date number. Um, so call it $200,000, $240,000 per month. It's, it's, you know, it's costing us extra money for the added people, the added cleaning. We were chartering a, an, an air flight. Um, we were intentionally building an additional stockpile. We did that in advance. Uh, anticipating if we ever got called uh, and had to shut down operations, we wanted to be proactive in the same manner Graham and his team did with the, the fires in Q4 of 2019. We built up a stockpile in front of the mill. We have done the same thing and continued to keep that stockpile in place just in case things change and, and we get a surprise. So we're, we're being very proactive with respect to COVID. On, on every front, uh, I'm happy to say that we have not had any cases at the operation. Graham opened up about how important health and safety is, and, and that's at the forefront of everything we have been doing. So uh, we've been doing a very good job at managing it. And then um, just my last question, and it sort of relates to, to COVID. Obviously, with the impact of COVID, there was a bit of a, a um, the, the capital spend and, and then the drilling spe- expenditures are, ended up becoming a little bit lumpy in the year just because of how and when you could spend money. Um, what's sort of the expected capital spend and then the expiration spend in uh, in Q4 specifically? Graham, you want to finish that one up? Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, look, it, as far as the, you're right uh, about the expiration drilling, it, it, it did all just get pushed into the back end of this year. Um, we have really got, as I said earlier on in the, the talk, we have six rigs out there. That Most of that capital spend will get, I'm pretty sure we'll get close to that um, the, that full $15 million. We, we might be a bit under, but most of that, will, as the drilling will focus in and around those three centres I said, Spargos, Cedar Hunter and Higginsville Central. As far as the capital expenditure, um, uh, it, we're on track to, to meet our, our target or our budget for the for the full year. Um, we're a little bit behind in the um, cap, some of the capital development of Beta Hunt that's now been caught up, and we were uh, a little bit behind on the pre-strip of some of the pits, which is now also caught up. So, yeah, on budget for the for the capital expenditure, and I think we'll be a little bit under budget for the uh, for the expiration drilling. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, guys. That's all for me. Thanks, Derek. Your next question goes from the line of Matthew O'Keefe with Cancer Fitzgerald. Hey, congratulations, guys. Another good quarter. Um, just a couple of quick questions here. One, you didn't really talk too much about it in the uh, comments here, but earlier this week you had a press release <clears throat> Excuse me, on Aquarius. And I, I have to say, I was looking at those results and I was I mean, there's some pretty high grades there. I don't know how, you know, it's, it's not huge, but it, the, the grades seem to be quite quite impressive, particularly, well, both with the super gene that you had drilled off and then the historic. I'm just wondering what the plan is there um, and where it fits in the priority of your, um, uh, you know, with respect to Spargos and some of the other discoveries. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I'll just open up here. Um, I, I just want to comment that the day we put it out was uh, – quite the day for the entire sector and the market. I think gold had a, a whopping drop of $100 an ounce that day. It finally came back up. But 
Um, so our, our press release kind of got buried. It, it is some phenomenal news. I'm, I'm actually going to let Graham talk about it, but I, I remember when we put it out being quite excited and then watching the rest of the market react. So, Graham, if you want to talk about Aquarius, please. Yeah, I will do. Uh, yes, look, Aquarius is really, it is a, a, a very high-grade underground, um, certainly in, in some of the areas down there. We, it uh, starts our crop, or doesn't quite, quite our crop on the surface, um, what we thought. There is a super gene zone uh, a little bit to the east of it. Um, that super gene zone is what we drilled out. We will now look to use that as a starter pit for us, take the pit down. It won't be a very big pit, but what it will do is it'll open the door into that high grade. So we'll take a pit down. It'll pay for itself. It'll pay for the, uh, the first part of the, the development into the underground, and it'll fast track us into that underground high grade area. So looking pretty good. Um, we still have a bit more drilling to do a long strike of that and to fill some of those areas at depth. So it, what could be a rather, you know, a smallish type high grade could uh, could well and truly extend uh, uh, based on our geological model, but we'll need further drilling. So looking pretty good at this stage. So you're, you're but that, that drilling, like will that continue in Q4 and Q1 or, or do you have to circulate those drills around other no. other targets? No, we, we, we'll look, we'll look, we'll be finishing some drilling this quarter um, and if everything turns, uh, you know, turns out what we think it will, then we could be mining that by early part of next year as part of our mine plan. Um, one of the things that we've seen there, we have uh, a, a, an enormous amount of, of uh, um, a sort of material that's in that sort of the, the one to two gram material. Um, and what we'd love to find is one of these high-grade sweetness to put in there and blend in uh, into the mill, and that'll really give the gold production a kick. So that and another couple of these underground high-grades that we're looking at um, to bring on uh, sometime next year. Okay. Uh, thanks. Well, you're moving fast on a lot of this stuff. Just just on an, on on the subject, I mean, with all these various uh, you know, new new deposits, and you're, you're finding... And we'll get it. We'll get it quantified in the uh, in the resource update, I guess, to some degree. Um, but there'll be a lot of resource there. With respect to the mill now, I mean, I know you're looking at some ore sorters you mentioned, but are you thinking about, or is there an expansion opportunity or, or consideration to be done at the mill? Um, uh, is that something you're, you'll be looking at, or or um, are uh, you happy with the status it, quo? No, it, look, the 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 area is. It's a phenomenal area that we've got, and I think people sometimes underestimate just the, the quality of what the, the tenement package we have got. As I said, it sits between you know two really major mining centres that has the same geological sequence that runs through there, um, it, uh, and it has all of these resources sit there that really haven't been followed up because of that uh, rather onerous royalty that was over the lot of them. That's gone. We've now gone back into these areas, and it's starting to open up, and it's really starting to sort of, uh, you know, sort of deliver what we thought it could do. As part of as for the mill, it, the mill now is at full capacity. We put in spargos, and that's going to sort of then allow us to give us a bit more flexibility around the grade side of things to go into the mill. So at some point in time, we will need to look at the, expanding that plant. 
the plant can typically go up, you know, it can go plus 2 million tonnes, um, uh, uh, you know, relatively straightforward without too many major changes. Um, and so those sort of numbers, those sort of that sort of work is being undertaken as we speak and is all part of what we'll outline early next year as part of our internal growth. Okay. No, that's great. Okay, thanks. Uh, well, and, and uh, again, congrats on a great quarter. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Our next question comes from the line of Ian Parkinson with Stiefel, GMP. Good morning, everyone. Um, thanks for taking my call, and I hope everybody on the call is managing to stay healthy. Um, you, I mean, you can kind of tell from the you know the questions from from Eric and Matt. Um, expiration is is really, I think, a focus. I'm looking at slide eight on your on your deck, and I'm looking at you know, beta hunts a small star, small star and a big map, and you've got 50,000 meters, 50 kilometers of drilling planned. How are you? How are you prioritizing targets? I mean, are, are you skewing more towards nearer-term production impact instead of maybe what might be longer-term but more resource growth? Or is, is there is there a thought process in how you're allocating those meters? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, man. Yeah, thanks, Paul. A great question, Ian. Um, look, uh, the, the the exploration or the geology is broken into three key areas. It's the mine geology, which essentially takes a, um, a you know a two-year window look at the product, and that's really production focused. So there's a bit of drilling goes into there, mainly around grade control drilling. But then it becomes what we call our uh, resource reserve definition drilling program, and that sits by itself. And that has a specific function of looking at all of those resources and what sits underneath them and converts those resources into high category resources or reserves taken there. And then you have exploration which sits over there and it starts to look at the sort of the, the plus uh, five year, five to ten plus years, that sort of that sort of scenario. So most of our drilling now is focused in that middle area around the, the resource definition drilling, and that's at Spargos, it's at Higginsville, and obviously Beta Hunt. But we do spend quite a bit now is focused on exploration because there are such a great lot of targets sitting there. One of the big lot of targets came from when we did that high-density gravity survey over the well, a big part of Lake Cowan, and that identified a number of targets, really good-looking targets that we needed to follow up. So a big part of that expenditure and the drilling in the last quarter of this year will be on Lake Air Corps drilling, which will drill across a, a, a big chunk of those targets. We won't get them all, but we'll certainly get a, a large part of them. Very shortly, we'll have a, a late um, a RC rig coming in to follow up that Air Corps. And we have a diamond um, lake rig to come in and follow up the RC. So all that will happen in the next, by the end of the year, at least one or two of those holes will be coming in. And that's just one area. Uh, and there are a number of those areas that we can go in and drill. And so it, exploration, as you said, is a key part of our focus, is a key part of our, um, our future and, and our future growth. So we're putting a lot of effort, a lot of money, and a lot of resources into to uncovering that potential. Okay, um, thanks. So now just going going one level deeper into that questioning. Then, so thinking more of the medium and longer term drilling targets. If you know, 
perfect or you know, best best case scenario, you tag into something that looks really promising really early in the campaign. Are you and management committed to doing that first pass on the targets before you drop a drill on the, the best looking target? Or are you willing to, if results warrant it early in the program, park a rig on something that looks interesting while you're continuing to go through the rest of the, uh, the, the, the targets? It's, yeah, it's Graham, I can take yeah, go, go ahead, Graham. I'll just I'll just kick off I'll just kick off Paul. Old saying and when you're on gold you stick to it. And and yeah. one of the things that we'll do, if we were to come in and we were to sort of get onto one of these targets, we will follow that. But it won't be it's like a lot of these uh, areas there, you can't there's only so much drilling, so much people you can put onto those areas. So we will be very disciplined in the way we do it, but if we do come across one of those targets we will definitely follow through. At the same time, we'll continue our overall program because you just never know with these targets if they're going to be successful or partly or fully or not. And so you don't always put your eggs in the one basket. So it's a, we, we take a very disciplined approach to this um, and as the way we do it. But certainly, if we were to hit something, we would follow it up with a lot of, a lot of meters very quickly. Yeah, uh, Ian, I, I would certainly agree and support that. Um, we we hit something early on in the campaign. We're certainly going to be allocating dollars and resources to follow up on it. Um, we, you know, we just started drilling at Spargo, so let's see what happens even there. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Stay well, everybody. Thank you. <clears throat> Your next question comes from the line of Nicholas Dion with Coremark. Hi guys, congrats on another great quarter. Um, a few questions. First, I'm just wondering if you can comment a bit on how Q4 is looking so far now that we're nearly halfway through it. And also if you could talk about the progress you're making towards your $1,000 all-in sustaining target in terms of the mining and processing costs. Yeah, so um, if we just look at what happened this quarter, we had such an impact this quarter on our ASIC uh, just with currency exchange, you know, we were really, if you remove that currency exchange, we were at 960. Um, that we have no control over currency. If you look at our, our all in sustaining costs on an Australian dollar and look at the five quarters we've been, we've been mining and operating, we've actually achieved our targets. Um, so getting to that thousand dollars an ounce is something we're certainly very, very focused on. We want to get to, we can't control the FX. If the if the dollars continue to work against us, uh, that might become more challenging. If it's $150 next next quarter, um, it, it might be, like I said, more challenging. But more importantly, where we spend all our costs and our revenue coming in in Australia, uh, we're driving that down. That's really critical to us to achieve our goals. So um, that's that's the ASIC. Uh, what was the other question? Sorry, just asking how Q4 is looking so far. Now that we're yeah, so look, Q4 is going to be an exciting quarter for us. We, we we're not hedged anymore. Q3 saw part of it, no hedges. So uh, we're certainly on track, as we mentioned earlier, to achieve our production, our guidance. Um, 
We, we hit some course gold, as Graham mentioned. That'll be included into Q4, which will be over and above, which will be nice. So Q4 is certainly on track. Okay, thanks. And then um, on Higginsville, or um, Hidden Secret and Mouse Hollow, wondering if you can elaborate on the work you're doing there and, and when we may expect those to enter into production. So you want to do that one, Graham, or you want me to do it? Yeah, I'll just, as far as Hidden Secret, um, our pre-stripping of the pit commenced in August. Um, we'll be mining ore this quarter, in which fact we are. And the Mouse Hollow permit approval process should be all in place by the end of the year. And what it's looking like now with those two pits is they well, may well merge into a single pit. And uh, we have some linking structures that will join. That looks like they join the two. So that's going to be rather exciting to see where that is. The grade control drilling we're doing at both places is, is either confirming or exceeding what we thought there. So that little pit or that pit there is looking to be, um, you know, it could be quite a quite an important one for us going forward. We'll see where that goes. Okay, thanks. And then. Um... Just the last one, you touched on this a bit already, but I'm wondering if you can elaborate even more on the potential you see at Lake Cowan. Yeah, Graham, go ahead. That's, yeah, that that one there, uh, Nicholas, is, is a really interesting one. It's it's uh, I know it's got our geologists very excited. Um, they have picked up a number of what they um, what look like uh, paleo channels as well as some some hard rock targets. Um, we have, we have, as I said, we have this uh, the air core rig out there now. Even though we've had a few rain events, which puts a bit of water on the lake, they're still been operating. Um, results won't start coming through until this uh, later in this quarter. Um, but it's, as I said, it, it's it's the same geology. It's the same structures that run right up through Goldfield St Ives, and they've been mining there since 1980. And as I said. Over 14 million ounces come from there. Um, so if you go south of uh, Lake Cowan to the Lake Cowan, you actually go into Balu, um, the open pit that we have got. So you know we can see linking structures that go head down that way, and then you below south of Balu, you have Monsoon and Nanook. So all of that area um, is now starting to look, you know, really quite prospective for us and and really can't wait until some of that drilling results start to flow through. Now, as you know, with exploration, it's always, um, it's always uh, you have to be careful. It's, it's, no one knows what's down there, and, and certainly the drilling will help us understand it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly excited to see where that's going to head for us, Nicholas. Okay, great. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Dana Allen, a private investor. Yes, hi, hi, Paul. Um, I see you mentioned the 2,000 ounces of coarse cold you got at Beta. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, thanks, Dana. Seems like um, a lot of people want to know more about it. And quite honestly, we're always eager to learn more about it. So thanks for the question. Um, the one thing I will say is this. Uh, our geology team are thrilled that we're really gaining a, a huge understanding of the geologic formation of which this iron-rich location where we're finding this coarse gold consistently 
throughout every every discovery we've had. So um, I'm also pleased to say that, look, we announced there was 2,000 ounces. Since then, we've uh, continued to muck that base. Um, we've added at least 25% more to that discovery. So at least another 500 ounces are going to come into this quarter. So we're likely going to be able to sell them all in this quarter. I'm pretty sure we're going to. Um, and I do want to comment on one thing. I'm glad you actually mentioned it. Uh, you know, these these coarse gold injections say this one's going to be 2,500 ounces we're seeing. We're going to continue to report them as we discover them. But if you look at the year 2020, our first maiden year, our first three quarters, except for just now, our first three quarters, we mined beta hunt at the average grade. We added a whole lot of new institutional shareholders, and they came into this story because we're able to demonstrate that we're very disciplined in our cost savings and that we're able to make beta hunt economic without the coarse gold. So as exciting and as excited as we are about the coarse gold, I just want to remind people that beta hunt is economic without it. Um, the 2000 is now up to 2,500 ounces, which is we're very happy about, and we'll continue to disclose it as we find it. But we're certainly getting uh, an improved understanding of it. You know, if, if we could get 2,500 ounces uh, a quarter, that would be such a blessing. It's almost six, six and a half million dollars Australian injection with very, very low cost. So uh, nobody's more thrilled to find it than we are. So thank you for the question. Thank you. Thank you. At this time, I would like to turn the call back over to Mr. Paul Hewitt. So I guess we end on the course gold one at a time. So uh, look, it's been an exciting quarter. We've done some amazing things. I'm, I, I can't tell you how proud I am of the team, the efforts, the sacrifices made. More importantly, I can't tell you how thrilled I am with our shareholders. I get to speak to shareholders on a daily basis, the new ones, the existing ones. Um, I'm happy to always listen. We thank you for your support, and we wish all of you and your family a very healthy future. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.